0: Hello, ladies and gentlemen. It's time for another edition of Adventures in Careerland. I'm Adriano Magnifico. I'm the Career and Entrepreneurship Consultant at the Louis Riel School Division, and we're broadcasting live from the Louis Riel Arts and Technology Center, and I'm working in the broadcast media program with ABLE students who help me in this program and produce this podcast, and I've been doing so for, geez, we're getting on a year now, and that's Zoe Kruzik. Zoe, how are you?
1: I'm doing good. How are you?
0: All right, and they've been, they've been busy out on the fields of football. You can talk about that in a minute. Uh, the, these provincial football finals, because of the broadcast media group, they are out there in the cold.
1: In the snow. In the snow. I like <laughs> it. In the rain. In the
0: rain. In, in the it, rain, it, yeah. yes. and we're also with Akira Sakaki, who's also a member of this broadcast media program. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm very good. So tell me about, you've been out in the snow, in the rain, in the sleet. You people should be post office workers, not broadcast media people, how has that experience been? Has this given you a little extra, I don't know, impetus to love this program you've chosen, or are you, are you going, what have I done?
1: No, it's actually, I I love it even more. Yeah, you it know what? so much fun. That's what you
2: wanted. That's, like, what you were looking for to do. When you join this program, that's what you want to do. So it actually makes you love it more.
1: Yeah, pretty much.
2: Yeah.
0: Why? It's snow, it's hail, it's Well,
2: sleep. no, it's like the, you're actually out there doing stuff as a team, and, like, it's a real, like, real-life experience kind of thing, so... For me, I love doing it. I mean, Zoe, you can talk about being outside because I got lucky and I stayed inside the last two days.
1: Well, I was outside in, like, the snowstorm last Wednesday with a handheld camera. (laughs) And surprisingly, even though it was cold, like, I didn't feel cold. Like, it was just...
2: Yeah, because you were running.
1: (laughs) Okay, true. That's true. But it was still, like, it didn't bother me. It was so much fun. That's honestly the hardest. It made me like this job better, actually.
2: You probably have the hardest job. Handheld definitely has the hardest job having to, like, the thing too, you have to be in their faces. You want to be like as yeah. close as you can yes. without being on the field, you know.
0: And you know what, I I was I, talking to Zoe before we began this, and we we were just talking a bit about uh, how great an experience this is to talk about in, in an interview. You're not just sitting in a warm, you know, heat-controlled room.
1: Yeah. You're
0: outside in the inclement weather trying to run this trying to keep your lens clean trying to keep up with physical people running on the field or slipping and sliding themselves so Mm -hmm. i think this is a great resume piece for you guys that when you talk about your experience if you don't talk about those moments outside when you're digging in the trenches with those players you're like a football player out there but you're in a different role Yeah. You know, if you don't talk about that, I think you're making a big mistake. It's pretty cool. Anyway, good for you guys. And I feel your pain because they just mentioned to me their Snapchat's not working. (laughs) And as a young person, I guess that's just... That's akin to what? No food or water or no yeah, heat or light or it's just awful for you. Human necessity. I don't okay. give a rat's petunia, you but I I, I I know you two do, so I <laughs> Well I, I, I can I it.
1: can live without it. If Akira <laughs> didn't point it out, I wouldn't I wouldn't have known.
0: I can
2: live without it. I just decide not you
0: know, to live. No, Akira's on it. his phone right now. What well, you I'm if you get back on Snapchat? I'm checking Please if it's come working. come back to me. I, I see you talk to your phone a lot. I think you have a lot of personal problems. You might need to see a guidance counselor on that. And, but that's yeah. okay. I, I think that's fun. I think Talk that's to fun. my phone a lot. You talk to your phone a lot. You know what my wife says? I'm one of those old guys on the progressive commercials. You know, how, you know what I'm talking about? Where on those commercials, they try to train old guys how to be more contemporary and how to use their phones. I turn my phone on in Costco and put it on speakerphone and walk around talking. To <laughs> Where my wife's going, you like that progressive commercial? You need to stop doing that. In a public place. Look well, at those. Oh,
1: oh. Like, get wireless earbuds.
0: I know, but still, even walking around, I see people doing that. It's such a goofy-looking thing. I Where, do it. Yeah, you I, do. I, it. I, know I did it during do. our football game. I'm. I'm just an old guy. I'm sorry.
2: You know, actually, uh, point that out too. Like. We have communication, we have intercom throughout our entire team when we do broadcast, except yes. handheld. Except handheld. They're out, actually out there deaf. They can't hear s- anything s- we're saying.
0: Well, so you're just running for your lives out there. Yeah, and they don't know <laughs> when we're
2: live. So we actually put them on a phone call yeah. with the director. So they're, out, they're like screaming on the other end of a phone call with the director. I love this, but look at this yeah. stuff
0: you're learning. I love that that's going on because you have to figure it out. You have to problem solve. No, you got <laughs> to make so it work. Hard. I love it. That was anyway problem solving. I could talk to you guys all day. We have a special guest today, a really cool guest. This is a guest, again, another blast from the past. Our program is all about Adventures in Careerland. It is about career land. It's about those spaces in our lives where we're thinking about, okay, what kind of calls did we make in our life? Why did we make them? What worked? What experiences did, experience did we choose? Who did we connect with? And we find this inspiring stuff for people to listen to. That's what we've been told by some of our, well, our eight or nine listeners anyway. And... They find these stories interesting because they see similarities in them, and our guest today is, a, sto- is a, a, really, a really bright guy that I taught way back when, 1999 at River East Collegiate, a graduate, and he was one of these folks who chose the program we were running there, it was an option, um, called the Career Internship Program. And he, uh, he excelled in the program, took the entrepreneurship program and just excelled. And we're gonna learn more about what he's been doing and how the program influenced him. Jordan, oh sorry, Sean Sylvester. I'm looking at the name Jordan Kendall here. Sean <laughs> Sylvester is our guest today. And he's also, I'll tell you, he just received an award. What, top 40, under 40 award. So Sean,
3: welcome and yes. tell us
0: what that award's about.
3: Absolutely, thank you so much for having me. It's, uh, it's great to be here. Yeah, in, uh, in 2019, I was named one of Canada's uh, top 40 under 40. I saw that, uh, so actually. That, I saw that on the it news. Was, it was super cool. We had, like, Michelle Romano sitting at the table next to us from Dragon's Den, and it was uh, it was a bit overwhelming, to be honest. We're sitting in the room with a bunch of multimillionaires and kind of going, why am I here? But it was uh, a very cool experience, and uh, yeah, I was really uh, appreciative to have that opportunity, so it was, it was great.
0: So I love this. What what worries me, though, is you're, you're, you're under 40, so you must be close to 40, which makes me feel like I'm 100. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> very nice
3: of you. I'm actually, I, I am 40 now. I nipped in you're just 40. under the wire. Yeah, you got under the <laughs> wire. Well played, sir. Well
0: played. <laughs> so you had a bigger advantage because your life experience had a huge advantage getting that award because you had so many opportunities to build oh, I, your almost everybody.
3: <laughs> almost everybody nipped in at 39. We were all 39 years old. <laughs>
0: Well, well played, everyone. I love it. So, Sean, way back when you were at River East Collegiate, well, you're a grade 11 or 12 kid. Like my two student producers here, what was going through your head as you were going through high school?
3: Uh, honestly, at the beginning, it was, hey, wait a minute. They're going to put us through classes quicker for the last, like, 12 weeks. I don't have to be in school. This is fantastic. Uh, well, <laughs> but, well, you're
0: talking about the career internship program, right?
3: Yeah, absolutely. The career internship program was Phenomenal because we they, uh, we got to do some entrepreneur stuff and and I grew up in an in an entrepreneurial family so it uh, it sort of fit my interest so it was uh, yeah I mean at that time let's be honest we all we all think we know what we want to do or we think we know where we're headed and life has other uh, other things for us that we're not aware of at that time and I think like most of the students that was that was where I was at at that time
0: hey I love what you're saying I I, I really do believe career development has a has a happenstance quality to it. Do you know what I mean? Where you just got to be ready for the unexpected and, and embrace it and just be ready to step outside your, your comfort zone, like stepping onto that football field, Zoe in the cold (laughs) and the sleet and the rain and the hail. And that's kind of a metaphor for life though, for me. So when you're thinking there, talk about your family business. You said you're, you're a bit of an entrepreneurial family, kind of a big entrepreneurial family. Tell me about it.
3: Yeah. So we, uh, my parents owned their, the business, so after school sometimes, if dad was working late and mom was working late, we'd be at the store sort of playing with the phones, playing on the intercoms, um, you know, just sort of trying to stay out of the way. It was uh, it, it was a little bit different life than maybe some others have experienced, but it sort of introduced us to that world, um, you know. Now, what was it, the world exactly, pace.
0: Sean? It was a world of what? Like, and it sounds like, you, you know, to be fair, it sounds like you were being a bit of a pest to your parents, but mm-hmm. but that's okay. Totally. Uh, <laughs> But
3: what was the world? You, you know, said your what? Optometry. Yeah, it was an opticianry. So, for lack of a better term, we're like the pharmacist, right? The, the doctor provides the prescription, and we provide the uh, the apparatus. So, um, yeah, I mean, we got to to help people choose glasses. You got to try on all sorts of sunglasses and and that type of stuff. So, it was it was it was interesting. You know, dinner conversations were around business and finance and. Um, you know, trying to make payroll and some of these things that most eight, ten year olds don't uh, don't get to have discussions about. So it was it was different. It certainly provided a very different perspective growing up.
0: Well, you must have had the best glasses, though. You know what? Of course, <laughs> I didn't need them. Right?
3: I have. I have, exactly. I have options to take whatever I want, and I didn't need them. Oh, well, that's good. So, you're twenty twenty.
0: Do you still have twenty twenty vision?
3: Uh, no. Now I'm old. Not sure. <laughs> well, <laughs>
0: You know what? I I have glasses behind my retinas. That's how old I'm getting here. So,
3: I have glasses
0: too. Okay, Sorry. Zoe, glasses are cool, okay? They're hip and cool. She's you know, no, all, Zoe... she all upset like her self-esteem
3: had been destroyed. <laughs> but. So the difference is, Zoe, the, the reason I need glasses now is because the muscles in my eyes aren't strong enough for reading. So that's what I mean. That's, that's typically associated with age. That's why I say I'm old. No, it, I, it wasn't I a shot at young people. Well. Okay, well, that, then that's all your Snapchat. <laughs> <laughs> that's, okay. I, I
0: like that Sean get off that Snapchat girl that's the end of it and Akiro, you got something on your brain here I can see your fat, your, your mind floating here
2: <laughs> you no know, I was just thinking because you're saying like you got to do like you were at a table talking about this all this business kind of stuff and you mentioned like payroll and that's kind of like did, is that not stressful for someone who's, you said, like 10 years old sitting there talking about like making payroll and stuff yeah. like that? You mean that... like
0: pass the potatoes and how's the payroll going? Is yeah, like you're thing? sitting yeah.
2: there. does that not feel like, gl- I would say like almost
3: growing up too fast, eh? Hey? No,
0: I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I think well, there's
3: part of that. I, I think at the end of the day, you, you hear the conversation, but at 10 years old, you don't totally understand what the ramifications are. Yeah. When they're talking about payroll and, you know, maybe having to move money around or, you know, this receivables coming in it doesn't click for you it doesn't click for you what that means or or how it's going to affect you. you you understand the words it wasn't until i was much older that i actually understood what those things meant
0: well that's kind of funny too i can i can imagine the dinner conversation so what about those accounts receivable i don't know the receivable i'm a little
3: boring for dinner <laughs> dinner no it, not- it was not great yeah learning about <laughs> debtors and creditors at the table. <laughs>
0: Anyway, but that's but those terms became commonplace in terms of their existence in your life, though?
3: Absolutely. Yeah, over okay. time, they definitely did. Okay.
0: That's kind of neat, though. So you're bringing up there. What did you do for school then? You finished high school, and you were an entrepreneur in the high school. Do you remember what your entrepreneurial venture was at River East in grade 12?
3: Oh, my goodness. You know what? I, I I don't recall exactly what we did there because I went into Red River College and did the business program there. Yes, yes. And we we did a business plan there too. So no, I don't I don't specifically remember. I do remember that we we did a pitch for Western Glove Work. Yes. Do you
0: remember that? Um, that was amazing. Tell that story because that's an amazing story.
3: Yeah, that's. Uh, I'm not even sure how it all all happened totally, but there was some event that several schools were involved in, and and you had. Uh, our program in there and I guess the moderator each school got to ask a question in rotation uh, and I just when it was my turn to ask that, I basically just said hey instead of all this why don't we just come pitch our marketing ideas to you and, and when you Soder- say to
0: you you're <laughs> talking to Bob Silver right
3: Bob Silver yeah he's the hey. president of Western Global or like Silver yeah. Jeans
0: yeah and, and this guy's a major business player on, on I think in the Manitoba Business Council and all kinds of business councils right in Manitoba
3: yeah isn't he one of the owners of the Winnipeg Free Press as well? Like, yes, yeah, this is... like,
0: yeah, the guy's a major entrepreneur in Winnipeg. And you as a high yeah. school kid said, hey, why are we wasting our time here talking to you? We just want to come in and pitch you at Western Glove, the building. And what did these guys say? Yeah, they came back right away and said, all right, let's set it up. Oh my <laughs> gosh. And I'll never forget what happened because we all went down to Western Glove. And I love that you rekindled this story because I forgot about it. You, You reminded me of it yesterday. When we were chatting <laughs> i remember sitting in that room and you guys were pitching this marketing plan for was it silver jeans yeah silver yes. jeans which is their specialty did they still do silver jeans by or like
2: sh- silver like with like silver The brand net, oh I the brand of,
3: silver
0: the oh, brand okay. silver
1: oh i've never heard of it. i them. thought you
2: meant like because i know that in athletic wear you can actually get like silver clothing like you'll have like silver knitted into the fibers and it's actually good for your health
3: and, and uh, no silver was the brand so. yeah. oh
2: okay i was like
3: maybe it was like it was jeans made out of But like it was soda. high
0: end. It was a high end premium brand in oh, those days, sweet. right? Kids would like to wear. Soda. Oh
3: yeah, yeah. Those were those jeans were like eighty, a hundred dollars. Yeah, in oh, those wow. days. In in, in those yeah. days. In those so, days. <laughs> yeah.
1: So they're more expensive now, is what you're saying? Okay.
3: Yeah,
0: <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So tell, like, you do this presentation. Do you remember what he
3: said to you at the end? You know what's funny is I, I didn't remember what he said until you and I spoke yesterday.
0: Well, um, I can tell you what he said. Like the guy. Yeah. He,
3: like the guy.
0: Here's Silver listening to this presentation and you guys are pitching about how to market your genes to the youth demographic. And he says, You know what? I just paid fifty thousand dollars for a marketing company to tell me what you just told me. Dang. That's... But he loved it and he kind of <laughs> chuckled about it because this was a guy who had, you know, marketing teams and 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 marketing organizations working with him. That's but you guys nailed unit. it. That was one of the great moments in our program, because he said, what's this program? What are you guys doing? How did you have a mindset like this? How did you come to this? And that was that was one of those great moments w- about the career internship program. We were constantly connecting with people outside, and not just doing internships. We're looking for projects like that, that have a real yeah,
3: application. Was, it was awesome. I think my internship was with uh, the Winnipeg Cyclone Basketball at the time.
0: Oh, you remember Which those days? It? Oh my gosh. And we were do. doing all the work. There used to be a professional basketball team in this town called the Winnipeg Cyclone. And yeah, we
3: did all the production work.
0: Yes. Oh. And it, it was a project. We did all the the work that was going on between the whistles, right? With people yeah. running down. Yeah, with yeah, all the promos. All the promos and everything. I remember you put me on a three-wheeler, because uh, I was in the crowd yeah. once, just you grabbed me out of there and I had to run up and down the, the floor, ride up and down the floor in a three-wheeler. But it was, that was amazing stuff. Like we had some amazing partnerships.
3: That oh, absolutely. Cool. Yeah.
0: So you were part of that team. I forgot you were a Cyclone guy. That's pretty cool. And that was, and Daryl Dawkins was on that team. Do you remember that?
3: Dawkins, uh, yeah, he was a player coach at the time.
0: That's right, in NBA. He was awesome. Yeah, and actually
3: the announcer, the public address announcer was John Lou, who's now with uh, TSN in Montreal. I'm, oh,
0: I never remember that. That's amazing. So, look at the guys he yeah. connected with. So, now you've got something very cool going now, though, because we connected. When I saw that 40 under 40, I thought, boy, they chosen the right guy for this because of what you've discovered about yourself moving forward in this optometry. A little bit of doodah, In this, op, <laughs> what?
3: Optometry. It, optometry, there
0: you go. There you go. <laughs> Uh, oh, do or do not. There is no try. So I tried it out. I did it. And that's what goes on. Anyway, in this field that you've chosen, you're moving along. And tell this story of how you've got a very cool company called Mobile Vision Care Clinic. So you worked in the family company doing eyes and optometry and that kind of work. And then you discovered this kind of hybrid, this little offshoot, this corollary. How did this come about? And I want you to explain what you do in this job. First, talk about how it came about and then what you do
3: in it. Absolutely. So um, the first thing I would say to all your listeners, especially the ones going through high school, is network as much as you possibly can. Meet as many people as you can, because uh, it's amazing how some of, their, some of your paths cross later in life. Uh, and that's ultimately what happened here. Um, we started with the Winnipeg School Division, and I was approached by a, a friend of mine that i known for several years who was an EA and they were trying to figure out how to bring vision care services to um, more vulnerable communities. So ones that are uh, affected a little bit more by poverty and those types of things where it's not easy for the family to take their, their family out to care. And they were looking at, is there an opportunity to do a mobile type eye clinic right in the schools? Um, so, he, you know, I just got approached about it and said, hey, could you do this? And we basically said, yeah, I don't see why not. Uh, and I think two days later, I was talking. He had me talking with one of the directors. And uh, I'll never forget this moment. Because he came in, quick pleasantries, and it's like, okay, I need this, this, and this. Are you going to be able to do it for me? And it was like, here's your Dragon's Den moment. Pitch me. And it, <laughs> we was like two minutes into the conversation, so. Uh, it was a little bit of a terrifying experience, to be honest. And we just said, yeah, I don't see why not. Let's do it. And I think three days later, we were running our first clinic. So it was, uh, so, I think yeah. to some degree... No, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say, to some degree, I think that um, I was maybe a bit brash and said, yeah, yeah, of course we can do this. Because I didn't think she was going to put me on the spot to start three days later. Um, but... Uh, I think I said to you yesterday, I I found in my experience that necessity has been the mother of all invention. Uh, Because I kind of said we could do it, I had to find a way to do it. Uh, And and we did. (laughs) And we did. And uh, we had a very successful pilot. uh, I managed to to help a lot of students. Uh, We saw some phenomenal results. Uh, I think on average, the students that were struggling were going up almost a grade level and a half. Uh, in literacy almost immediately after receiving eyeglasses, so it was, uh, it was a very cool experience and it sort of it kind of developed from there and, and now we work with, with several divisions, including the Louis Real School Division, uh, providing these type of clinics.
2: So okay, uh, I think it just kind of clicked, I just realized exactly what this is. So this is like you're actually going to the schools and you're setting up like in the gym and then they're come, you're having students come in and get like their eyes checked. Is that what it is?
3: That's exactly what it is, yeah.
2: So, so it's kind of like, um, I don't know, like when you're in grade six, there's a day where you get all your vaccinations done. So you all pile into the gym and they vaccinate you all, right? Like something like that, but just for it, like-
3: It's that kind of idea,
2: yeah. If that's they, actually it's a fantastic uh... idea. Like it just clicked why this is such a big deal.
0: It's a big deal. It is a great well, idea. Th- there's two big deals. First of all, now can, can kids afford this? Sean, or do you take care of those pieces too?
3: Yeah, so that's a big part of, of, like, we're we're a social enterprise, right? So um, as much as we did all the uh, balance sheet talk at the table, uh, our business is is not profit-centric. So ours is about access. So when it comes to the eye exam, yeah, the province of Manitoba does pay for the eye exam for children under the age of 19. Uh, So that part was never the issue. The problem is that there is a pocket of individuals who cannot afford the glasses. So yes. having a prescription and not right, being no able to glasses, afford yeah. the glasses was, didn't help. So what we've done is we've found some very great partners. And, and essentially what we do is between ourselves and our partners, we donate eyeglasses to those families who basically would otherwise have to do without. So we probably donate about 20 to 30% of all the glasses that the doctors prescribe free of charge to the family.
0: See, that's the big piece. Like you've made it accessible. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right.
3: Different yeah, kinds this, of... this was meant – our program was meant as an equity program.
0: Yes, and, and this is huge because what you've discovered I think is very cool. And the problem-solving piece here is the is the pure problem-solving piece about, hey, our kids' literacy rates are really low. Well, let's keep making them read, read.
2: What if they can't read? What if they can't see? What if they can't see yeah. is
0: the point,
2: right? It's a genius idea. Like, honestly, it just clicked when, I, when you started to explain how you were like – oh yeah, we can do this, and then you have to pitch it three days later. I realized the why, how important this is and how like, this is a fantastic idea. To be able to just go to schools and help, like, hold these clinics, that's such a good idea. Well, it's, and it's to make cool. it
0: accessible, yeah. uh, your, your socioeconomic status is irrelevant. We will get you the glasses. No, that's a fantastic, it's, it's a great idea. It's amazing. Do you understand why he won a top 40? No,
2: 100% because I can see this. I can like, I watch Shark Tank at least three times a week. Like I'll sit on YouTube and I'll just watch like funny, like, you know, pitches and stuff. And I, this is something that I could actually see getting pitched on like Shark Tank because it's such a good idea to like, if you got there and you said like, okay, I have this idea where we would set up mobile clinics and we would go to school to school to test, like, like getting students eyes tested. And then, like, being able to, you know, give them that, that I guess, like, give them that, that option to get, like, those glasses they need, even if, like, their economic status isn't, you know. And it's pretty cool. It be. I've
0: been to your clinic, and I've seen where kids are choosing their glasses. Like, it's a, it's a cool moment, isn't it? Like, how do you feel when they're sitting there choosing their kind of eyeglass wear? because you've given them I mean, that, that
3: cool option yeah that that part's super cool because like we've actually had families and, and students like, one thing i love about working with with students is they're um they're very innocent and they say what's on their mind and they're, yes. they're, they're they don't hold a lot back so it's amazing how many times we've had students go oh yeah i know i need glasses mom can't afford them. <laughs> and oh. we're just like what well, ah That's you know so and sad. it's it, it, it it's 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 awful it's gut-wrenching and to be able to see the smile as these kids are, are picking the frame, but more so when we deliver them. Once we bring them to them and they put them on and go, oh, that's what it's like to see. Uh, that's the part that's kind oh, of, yeah. the, the part that really hits Oh, home. yeah.
0: You're nailing it, man. And you know what? I can just imagine a kid's looking at a blurred page. Teachers has this expectation saying, he's, you know, you're not keeping up. You're not doing this. You're falling behind. And then suddenly these letters become clear. That must be one of the Just one of the great elucidations of a kid's life that he or she or they can see the page. You know what? It's amazing. It
2: never came to me. I never thought that that could be a reason why there's struggles at school.
0: So you get that entrepreneurs need to look at not just what seems to be the problem.
2: What could be the problem. But what
0: actually is the problem and and how to dig around that. So what came to this realization? You said there – and literally, like we can see the fruit of your labor because – their grade levels go up right their grade level reading skill goes up right
3: absolutely so yeah numeracy and literacy are affected tremendously so, in, a, in a very positive way
0: and you're seeing those numbers rise for kids who get the glasses how cool is that how how does that make you feel
3: you know what there's there's times I think in entrepreneurship where you have to drag yourself there you know where where things get tough and that moment that that has made it so we don't have that. Like, I don't, I don't find, like, I don't have those days where I hate what I do because fundamentally what I'm doing is helping other people. Uh, and I think that's been a, a big reason why myself and my team do what we do because we're all driven by the, by the outcome and, and how we're able to influence people's lives in a very positive way. So that's been a great motivator for us.
0: Hey, talk about your team then. Like what kind of team? Who's a member? What are the parts of your team? And, uh, Do you all feel the same way you do? Like, is this just a a, a mission from God kind of stuff? And we're just happy to be a part of it?
3: Yeah, so we're we're pretty careful when we select team members. um, Because what we do is very busy, uh, and we're constantly problem solving, right? (laughs) There's there's always something new that pops up. So to be able to work with us, you really have to share in our vision and our mission. Uh, If you're not mission-centric, it's very difficult to work and do what we do. Uh, so that, that's, that's very important in, in our culture and how we kind of cultivate the culture. Uh, and, and we have independent doctors who work with us. Uh, so the doctors are independent for a number of reasons. One, we don't want them being paid for eyeglasses because we, we don't want eyeglasses being prescribed that are not necessary just because there's some financial reward. So we've taken that right off the table. Um, so once again, it's, it's a situation where our doctors have to be uh, someone who believes in the mission, who believes in the outreach, and who believes in, in trying to better the lives of, uh, of the patients that they're working with. It's very different from sitting in a high-end office and having, you know, the top 2 3% of income earners in the country walking into your store every day. It's, it's a very different environment. So yes, it yes. takes a certain type of individual.
0: Okay, so, yeah, so, you, so you've got to be selective. So your team must be this one committed the snowball of just passion and energy and compassion—it must be, it must. Like you say, I, I, I don't regret going into work any day. This must be a great thing for you. You feel that way every day?
3: Absolutely. You know what? When when I was listening to you speak with your students about the program they're in and and their obvious joy and love for what they're doing, that's how our team feels. So I, I certainly, I, that resonates with me. Is when you find people who are passionate about what they do. Um, yes. it's, yes. they're phenomenal to be around and there's just such a, um, not only a camaraderie, but there's such an energy that comes out of that.
0: Yes. That's pretty cool.
2: You know, it's actually really funny. And like, um, I'm just gonna backtrack for a second. When you were saying the part about kind of getting out like that, um, I guess that risk because if like that financial thing about like, um, not prescribing like doctors pre- or yeah, prescribing glasses that aren't necessary. I laughed because that happened to me, actually. When I was in grade uh, 7, I went to an eye doctor, and they are like, you need glasses. So we went, paid like $1,000 for my glasses, and I didn't need them. I went to go get checked by my eye doctor now, and he was like, "Like back then, he was like, you don't need glasses. I don't know why you have glasses. So we just threw all that money down. You know?
0: I had no That's idea that not... was even an issue. How the, no, you?
2: it happens, and I was I was dumbfounded. He was like, you are you can see perfectly fine. I don't know why well, he would that. Well, doctors are human beings too, right? Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I hope that it wasn't and, like a financial for,
0: thing, but well, you know, there, there may have been. Zoe, how are your glasses? Are you happy?
1: Uh, yeah, it's fine. I, <laughs> it's just basically for reading and like screens and stuff. Yeah. But actually, when I was younger, our school tried doing like an eye clinic, and there's just these things. You looked through these glasses, and they move a stick, and you have to say when it touches a certain line. And mm. every single time, they would tell my mom that I needed that I should get checked by an eye doctor so we'd go we'd pay for that appointment to be like no you're fine so it's like yeah like you said like that's money going down the drain because people yeah. i would
2: love <laughs> to see one of these like mobile eye things because i've never well, seen Okay, well before. let's ask the question so sean, yeah.
0: sean do you have like a, a van a big van with all this stuff like and, how does this work and you can stop in and go to a large building and just set up shop real quickly is that how it works now
3: yeah so I mean, we basically take an entire clinic and throw it in the back of a van, go to a school, and we set up in it within the school. Whether it's a gym, a library, a broom closet, whatever they have for us, uh, we'll we'll set it up there. Um, the idea of doing it in a van is certainly something we've thought of, but what we've actually found is the students are most comfortable in an environment that they know and trust. Yes. So it would actually work better for us setting it up in. The building where the the EAs are there, the teachers there, the principal can be in and out. There's just a level of comfort that comes with that for these students. Um, so that's a big part of the reason why we do it the way we do it is we want the students to be in an environment where they feel comfortable, where they don't feel threatened. Um, so that's yeah, that's a big part of what happens. So, you know, a couple times a week we pack everything up in our boxes, put them in the van, drive there, set up a whole clinic. So it takes us know, about an hour or so to okay. do a full that's clinic exactly setup. What we
2: do. Okay. for broadcasting yes. we stick everything yeah, in exactly. and we take and we set it up
0: yeah well think about this is this now you got the uh, mobile vision care clinic is this a franchisable thing or is it just too is it just too dependent on finding the right team do you know what i mean at this point i feel like it's mainly
3: like
2: it seems to be more of a like it's a mission almost like it doesn't even i know but to i'm asking with, sean yeah. here is
0: this a franchisable thing for you or no
3: yeah, I think it probably could be. I mean, like I said, this is not a, a business that is profit-centric. So yeah. when you're looking at selling franchises, you're looking to, at people who want a significant return on their initial investment. Yes. This is more of a mission-based business. So your return on investment comes partially in the return you're giving back to society. You know what I mean? So yes, yes, it, yes. It, it, in that regard, it's probably not the – it's not that it's impossible to franchise, uh, but because of the social element of what we do, it would be a more challenging business to franchise.
0: Well, well, there's no doubt. Nonprofits always have more difficulty, but it seems the good you're doing, if it were moved to many places, could have even a larger impact than you're having. That's what I'm thinking, because it just, just sounds like you're doing something incredible, like you're changing lives where yeah right. where there was and that's just our frustration plan, right? and confusion you know and is this so yeah. is this
2: only here in the city like in winnipeg or is this are you doing yeah, it well, in other provinces
3: no so we're the only operation of our kind in the country um, in the country, so, the country. Wow. that's it, it blows the, my in mind in the country and yeah, wait, there's nothing it, like it
2: yeah sorry go ahead
3: no i was just saying there's literally nothing like what we're doing uh most provinces have something like what you were talking about Zoe, which was the, the provincial vision screening, yeah. which is basically a series of tests run by people who've never been trained in optics in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> and they're trying to identify if maybe there's an anomaly that, that should be looked at. Uh, yeah. Ours is very different because your eyes are actually being checked by an optometrist on site, not uh, oh, I'm a split second late saying, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, Oh right, because <laughs> I missed that line.
1: Yeah.
3: Um, so ours, ours, is a little bit different. It's it's a it's a certainly more in depth. We also look at the health of the eye. Um, there's been several several occasions where we've had to send students directly to specialists for surgery because wow. we've caught something that is like significant.
0: Oh, that's huge. That's huge. So you mentioned that. Boy, this all happened because of your network. Is that if you were if you were to talk to grade 11 or 12 students, even like I'm talking Zoe and Akira here, would that be your biggest message? Build a network and don't worry about exactly how the network may influence you at that moment. Just build it and something Absolutely. may happen. Because
3: you see, 100%. And let's be honest, networking is a skill, right? Um, you'll have very few students that feel very comfortable going and introducing themselves to people and just starting a conversation. Uh, it, it's not an easy thing for lots of people um, nice. so you kind of have to push yourself out of that that it's like it's like public speaking right yes. uh, it, it takes some time to develop those skills but of, of all the skills that we learned certainly within within high school the the networking piece I would say spend as much time as you can becoming comfortable in that because that network is for me anyways it's been absolutely everything
0: yeah well look what it's Everything's it been everything for other people. Like, look at, how many lives do you think you've changed? How many how many eyes
3: have you looked at?
0: And how long? Well, how long have you been around? And how many eyes do you think you've looked at?
3: Yeah, this is year four. Uh, I mean, we've tested over ten thousand students in the four years. So, um, lots about twenty percent of them have needed eyeglasses. So it gives you some idea. About two thousand students have gotten eyeglasses, something like that so that's a lot of people who were struggling to see that are now seeing so it's um it's it's a reasonable it's a reasonable amount of people's lives that we've managed to uh to have uh some part in hopefully making better so that part's been pretty fantastic
0: oh that's incredible i i'm just you know what i'm always uh i'm always amazed by my students past students who are doing work like this and i have so many of them like those programs that we did way way back when Really help students develop their 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 potential and best selves, and I just see you're just one of these students where the seeds were dropped in you, and then you've turned into something incredible, and you're doing incredible work, Sean. I'm I'm just so proud of you, and I'm uh, I'm just so so amazed that 2,000 students have eyeglasses and have increased their literacy rates where they would have been struggling. And they would have felt, uh, I'm worthless. They would have felt like, why can't I do this like everybody else? And I just think you've made those changes. Like you've made people think things are possible for me. I'm just, I'm getting misty. I just thinking about it.
3: Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's pretty awesome. We, we get a lot of those moments where you get to just hear the way in which we've managed to, to have impact on people's lives. And, and those are the stories that you just love. We just love to hear you know, hearing them from principal, teachers, resource teachers, um, it's, it's, been, it's been a pretty remarkable journey for us. Um, you know, and like I said, to, to anyone who's listening, who's kind of finding their way through, you never know. You think you're on a path, and I'll be honest, I mean, my family was in this business for years, and we would have never even recognized that there was an, opt- an opportunity to serve in the way we do
1: yes. within
3: this business. We, we would have had no idea if it weren't for the educators, who said, "We have a problem that we need a solution to." Uh, this never would have happened,
0: and that's the consummate entrepreneurial verve, right? Let's figure something out for, yeah, I for think, a real audience that needs it.
3: Well, and I think that's always the that's the telltale thing, right? You hear lots of entrepreneurial entrepreneurial people talk, and. They said, "Look, we want to solve a real problem. We don't want to be a bunch of smart people in a room building something that nobody wants, right? So, um, when you have the opportunity to solve a real-life problem rather than build something and then try to create a problem to solve, yes, uh, yes, definitely, it's definitely a better scenario, uh, for sure.
0: Yeah, it, 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 it's it's the old don't fall in love with your problem. Try to fall in love with the solution, right? Exactly, or, something like that. And and that's I like what, that saying. well, it's just." because we fall in love with our, um, actually it's more about, let me get that. I've got this backwards. Like you kind of have to fall in love with, um, if you fall in love with your solution, it becomes egocentric. You you need to fall in love with that problem and then figure out what's the best way to come to that problem. I think so. Amazing stuff. You know what, Sean, this is pretty cool. This was, uh, we really appreciate you being on there. Are there any last words of wisdom for anyone or, uh, Akira, Zoe, Sean, any, any last thoughts?
3: You know what? Just, yeah, I'm sure they've heard it before. You know, try to love the things that you're doing because uh, the things you're passionate about, you're going to put the most amount of effort into. Yes. Uh, clearly, you guys are, are really enjoying the program you're in uh, and, and, you know, in, in producing these, these things and going out to these sporting events and doing that. And that's great. Follow that passion. And along the way, create as great a, a network as you can. Meet as many people as you can um and you don't you don't go introduce yourself for the purposes of thinking that they're going to be useful to you in the future yes just make truly human connections with people right ones that that don't have an ulterior motive just meet as many people as you can and develop as many relationships as you can um without without thinking that there's going to be some payback for you in the the future because it's those human connections those true connections that are going to be the ones that matter
0: okay well said sir that's that's a beautiful line. It really is about relationships when all the dust settles and, and connecting with people. I I like what you said and about, Hey, make it human, make it human. And don't worry about the outcome and don't worry about what you'll get out of it. Just think of how you're going to make the world a better place somehow. I love this. Sean, you, you've been a great guest. Really, really appreciate it. We had a little mix up with the connection, but we'll fix that up. And, uh, uh, well, you know what I'll talk to you again for sure because I, I, I just like talking to you I want to go for a coffee with you continue to pick your brain but ladies and gentlemen Anytime. I think I think we are done I think we are done and that is the end of episode number 8 of season 3 and oh my gosh we just have we have so many episodes of this now we have so many great stories so Sean I appreciate it thank you very much sir
3: thank you so much for having me guys it's been A real pleasure. And Zoe and Akira, thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure to meet the two of you. Keep doing what you're doing. Thank you so much. And that's it for
0: Adventures in Careerland.